Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is my denim jacket bro, Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? How's it going, Janet? It's going. I'm not going to lie. I am still recovering from the wedding that my brother and his now wife had on Sunday, which seems like a long time ago, but yay, congrats to them. They listen to the show. Well, Edwin listens to the show, so... Congratulations, Edwin. How's being married, even though I talk to you every day? Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It went pretty smooth. Um, just a lot of little like last second errands and, and things at the end and then a bit after and stuff. And, you know, it's a long, long amount of time. And did you get to catch up with all the Summer Game Fest stuff? All the announcements? Mm, all is too strong, I think. I did actually watch Summer um, Game Fest, the main show. Like, I watched that with my brother because um, we weren't doing anything really that day. It was, I think, Friday or something. So we were just kind of, like, hanging out. Um, so I watched that straight up. I watched some of Day of the Devs. And then for Xbox, I kind of just, like, saw, like, just, I, I caught the very, very end. Mm. Like, I, like, I turned it on. Like, I got my hair and makeup done. Then I went down back to the edwin sweet and i turned on the tv or i looked at the tv and then kojima was there i was like this is crazy like, oh shit um, <laughs> it's I was the like, boy. Oh, kojima's here and then they're like and one more thing and then it was like like it felt like 12 minutes of like staring into space <laughs> and then i was like okay what are the streets saying i feel like the streets have been kind of quiet to be honest which i think on like has- summer game fest as a whole or xbox specifically on summer game fest as a whole the streets were the streets were lukewarm like i i did not feel as much foam I, obviously i wanted to go to like Keely's, you know, hands-on event thing. Like, that was the big thing that I was... Yeah, the... the, What is it called? Play Days. Play Days. Okay, isn't that what PlayStation calls their, like, sales or something? It sounds very familiar. That sounds actually kind of similar. I forget. They might. like Summer Play Days. Yeah, it's Summer Play Days. Don't get that confused with Summer Game Fest Play Days. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought... That actually lines up, because, like, every time I'll talk to somebody about Summer Game Fest Play Days, like... I was like, has, has this been going on for a while? I feel like I've said this before. So that actually kind of yeah, that's, that's what that is. So obviously that would have been like the big cool thing for me as like a, a creator and like a, you know, critic. But um, yeah, having not gotten to watch this stuff, I felt like I didn't miss that much. Okay, PlayStation Days of Play. Days of Play, that's, that's what Way it is. different than Play Days. Way day, yeah, way different than days Summer of Play. Play the, the Play Date and then Days of, and then Play Days. Play Days. Yeah. <laughs> Totally I will fun. say yeah. when when I was in LA, I, there were times where I was like, "Man, I wish Janet was here because you were gone d- doing the wedding and stuff." Yeah. Like, I was at uh, one of the mixers and I met um, Sarah from MinMax, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I know Janet. Like I, I co-host with Janet." And me and her had this like like connection, like bonding moment of us being like, "Janet's the worst, right? She's always yelling at us." And she's you, like, "You both yeah. have to be under the iron fist." It was know? like meeting somebody who's been like hurt by the same person, <laughs> person, I and love, you're like sharing this trauma. I love that, like yeah. I, all the stories that I've heard because I listen to a bunch of different podcasts of like 
all these people getting to like finally meet each other who only really knew each other over the internet. And they're all like, oh yeah, like, oh, isn't this person the best? Oh, we love this person. And then this story is, oh, Janet's the worst, right? That was like legitimately the first sentence we <laughs> said to each other. Like so after she told me. She was like, "Yeah, I podcast with Jada," and I was, and we're, I was like, "Jada's the worst, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, do you like?" Because we both like. Here's what I realized, Sonic, right? right? Yeah, we both like Sonic, and Sarah seems like she's just me at min min max. That is the vibes I got. It seems like in terms of taste and in terms of the back and forth that she she has with you, but like it sounds like she's me. Girl vibes, you know. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. You gotta step your horse game up. Yeah, Les. you gotta step What's your horse on? game up. Is she a horse big... girl? Is that for real? Uh, you know, it's tough. It's hard to know where the meme ends and where Prozorsky begins, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Prozorsky. Yeah, Sarah Prozorsky, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, I I think she likes them all right. Like, she played a lot of horses, but that was her big thing. She, like, went through, like, I don't know, six different horse girl games that the community kept voting for it, and all she did was play horse girl games forever, which, you know, there's horses out here that y'all could have hit up if you were interested. I saw everyone... Take the, my big takeaway from like the more social part of um, Key Three was everyone fucking loves taking a picture with that Batman statue. Did you also take a picture with that Batman no, statue? I didn't see like, the Batman statue. Theater? Yeah, man. Like everyone hit up that statue. I was like, it's not that. It's not that deep. I, I see that statue. I don't know. I was pretty jealous of that Batman statue. I saw Tamor taking a picture with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tamor, like the Lucy. I'm guessing they were all just there at the same time. But I was like, man, the chokehold this Batman statue has on y'all. It's and it's funny because it's like commissioned by. Um, James like Burbank, um, yeah, but like Burbank for like tourism, and I'm like, it's working. They knew like how to get the asses in the seats, I guess. Yeah, dude, bring me like an Avengers statue here in SF. Give me more. Yeah, yeah uh huh. I just yeah, like because I know like I would statue. I, I I know if they had like if I was down there, bless, and some more had even made mention of a Batman statue, like I would have gone with them. You know, mm. I would have mm. I would have taken the same picture. Janet Barrett, enough about this goddamn Batman statue. We got a whole lot to talk about, like Fallout 5 being next after Elder Scrolls 6. Who would have thought? Uh, I've been playing some Neon White, and it's one of the best indie games of the year. And more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, roosteeth.com, or or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, a new episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is live, wrapping up our time at Summer Game Fest Play Days. Uh, right? Not Days of Play, Summer Game Fest Play Date. Uh, playing Sonic Frontiers, <laughs> Cuphead DLC, and more. You can catch that right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games pod and podcast services around the globe um, and then remember that xbox and bethesda extended showcase went down yesterday if you're wondering where our impressions of that are have no fear kind of funny xcast will be breaking that down in their episode this week so look out for that in the regular locations uh the kind of funny tiktok has a ton of previews from summer game fest including street fighter 6 cuphead sonic and more remember you can follow that at kind of funny games on tiktok uh, remember you got a quarry spoiler cast up right now if you've been playing quarry if you finished the quarry and you want to see how our stories uh finalized which characters lived which characters died and me greg uh joey and mike's stories you can check that out youtube.com just kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire and fargo brady today we're brought to you by shopify and and athletic greens but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is 
and forever will be the Oprah Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Todd Howard said the words Fallout 5. Janet Garcia, he did it. We're here. We've made it. Fallout 5's words are words that came out of Todd Howard's mouth. Uh, this is from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. The full story really is that uh, Todd Howard sat down with IGN, did a, a full interview. And he has a lot to say about, about uh, not, not a lot to say about Fallout 5. He has a lot to say about Starfield in the future, but that's a game studio. In conversation with Ryan McCaffrey, Howard followed up on a number of elements we learned about the first time uh, during we learned the first time during Starfield's gameplay reveal at the Xbox and Bethesda showcase last weekend. Here's a quick rundown of everything new we learned. Todd Howard has confirmed to IGN that Fallout 5 will be Bethesda Game Studios' next game after The Elder Scrolls 6, which itself will follow follow on from 2023's Starfield. Quote Yes, Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production, he said, quote, and you know we're going to be doing Fallout 5 after that, so our slate's pretty full, uh, pretty full going forward for a while. We have some pro- other projects that we look at from time to time as well, end quote. Amid a huge amount of new information on Starfield from the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, likely the most discussed detail was Todd Howard's announcement that the upcoming sci-fi RPG will include 1,000 fully explorable planets. However, uh, or sorry, Howard told us uh, more about the game's approach to procedural generation, what it offers, and assured us that players can ignore them uh, in favor of a huge amount of fully handcrafted content if they want to. I do want to shout out, if you go to the IGN story, for each of the tidbits that they're sharing, they have like a link for each of them, where they go into detail more about what uh, Todd Howard has to say about the 1,000 fully explorable planets. Apparently, this game is going to have way more uh, handcrafted content than any other Bethesda game um, previously. And so go give IGN the clicks, read through the article, and see what uh, what stuff um, uh, pulls you in if you want to read more about it. But to continue the base article, Starfield's main quest is about 20% bigger than uh, previous Bethesda games such as Skyrim and Fallout 4, with Todd Howard saying that means it should take around 30 to 40 hours to complete without stepping away to do side content. Uh, Howard said the game's main story is longer than normal due to the sheer number of quests. Starfield will have four major cities for players to explore, including New Atlantis, which is the biggest uh, that developer Bethesda has ever made. Howard, uh, Howard said that New Atlantis, capital city of the United Colonies, is not just the biggest in this game, but bigger than anything Skyrim, Fallout 4, or any of the developer's previous games. Quote, it has all the services you would expect, and you can work on your ship there. The factions touch that, Howard said. But that's also the headquarters for Constellation, which is the faction that you join that, uh, that is the last group of space explorers. Kind of this NASA meets Indiana Jones meets the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen group, end quote. Todd Howard said that Starfield won't allow you to fly seamlessly from space to its 1,000 explorable planets, saying the feature is, quote, really just not that important to the player, end quote, to justify the engineering work involved. Todd Howard said Starfield features a unique take on space combat, and that was partly inspired by FTL and MechWarrior. And yes, you can steal ships that you board. One other tidbit I'll add add in there too, right, talking about the procedural generation stuff. In one of the other articles that uh, IGN put out there, uh, Todd Howard talked about how uh, pretty much every big Bethesda RPG has some level of procedural generation in the development of the game's world. Uh, And, like, it it seems like it's not as big of a deal that you, that, like, as it, as people put out there in terms of it not feeling like a actual handcrafted thing, it seems like that's more so environment generation more than anything. But with 1,000 planets, you imagine you're going to get a little bit more uh, procedural generation than previous Bethesda stuff. But Janet Garcia, firstly, 
Do you have any interest in Starfield? Is that your kind of game? It's not really my kind of game necessarily, but I do have interest in it. Like, I'm definitely going to play it when it comes out. Um, and by that, I mean, I just don't have a as deep of a history with um, games of this genre that I have with, like, other genres, like, you know, action adventure or, like, platformer or whatever. Like, it's more of a handful than, like, a lot of depth. And it's rare for me to finish them. Like, I started um, Outer Worlds, and I just, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I just didn't finish it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Fallout 4, you know, I'm playing it a bit, but... I haven't finished it. I don't know if I'll finish it, but I'm having fun playing it. Um, yeah, with this one, it's interesting. Obviously, I mean, the No Man's Sky comparisons make themselves only because of, like, the the space element and the travel and the amount of stuff. Like, the way there's been an emphasis on volume, and you can argue that part of that is on, you know, the audience who, like... People always say, like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about how big the game is. But that's that's the number one question that everyone wants to ask. And people are like, I'm tired of, like, this being, like, the big report takeaway. It's what people are interested in knowing. Like, people want to know. how. I, I used to ask that question all the time, like, whenever I, like, whenever it's a game of any, where scope is of emphasis at all. Like, yeah, like, you always ask that. And people always want to hear that it's a little bit bigger. Um, just because yeah. that's, I don't know, the nature of how people I tend to be. It's so. the thing where I many people play video games in many different ways. Where I, and I'm, I'm of two minds with it. First mind being that if I read this at when I was in high school or when I was in college or when I had way more time to play video games, uh, I would read this and go, "Fuck yes!" Like a thousand planets is longer than any other Bethesda game studio RPG prior. Hell yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game forever. And I think that's probably the bulk of people that are looking forward to a big Bethesda game, right? Like most people don't play video games like you and I, Janet, where we're playing so many things to like have talks about end of the year stuff, right? Or be able to review games throughout the year. And even a lot of our audience, who I'm sure play more game than the average um, game player, like we're the outlier. Most people I think look at um, length, look at a thousand planets, look at 60 hours and go, Ah, oh, fuck yeah, dude! That sounds awesome. Let me let me give my whole life to this game. That's my first mind of it. The second mind of it is the the handcrafted talk, right? Like when you talk about a thousand planets, how much how how much of that content is going to matter? How much of that content is going to feel? you know, truly exciting, right? Am I going to find unique discoverable stuff? Am I going to find quests? Is it just going to be me going to whatever planet to mine whatever resources to bring back and build my ship and build my settlement? And, you know, I, I get I get scared and fearful about the, oh man, we're pushing the limits in terms of what all these planets are going to be. But, you know, I do think that if that then rolls back into a, a gameplay loop, that is, hey, this planet is cool because it has this specific resource that, like, once you discover it, you're going to you're gonna go crazy because you're dying for this resource, right? Whatever made-up resource that goes on in the solar system that they're going to talk about. Like, you get there and you're like, oh, I've been looking for this planet forever. Let's fucking go. I do think that that stuff can be exciting, but I think it is it is different from, from Bethesda Games previous, which is where I understand a lot of the apprehension uh, that comes with that. I think, too, the apprehension is, like, tied to the most recent, like, iterations of the catalog, which haven't, you know, blown people away necessarily. So this is definitely, like, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I think there's always a lot of pressure, but I think right now there's definitely, I think the good news is people are excited about this game and interested by this game, and it sounds like, it sounds good. The pitch sounds solid. Um, I think the apprehension comes in with the the level of ambition 
the you know it's always different to like hear it versus play it it's like okay these 1000 planets it's like what how is this utilized and how is it going to fit for all these different kinds of play styles like you mentioned everyone comes to games for different things like i mentioned like in fallout 4 i was really into like making my little like town the base building stuff and then you were like oh i like didn't do i think you said you like didn't do that at all or like i think greg as well yeah yeah and i was like oh i was super into it so it could be you know a matter of taste and then it's about like it's so difficult with games like this, you know, you're trying to offer a certain amount of things that can kind of let people go in the directions that they feel compelled to go in while also making the base experience of the, hey, if we all roll credits on this game, we all kind of have these same core takeaways um, and that, that it's a, a good and enjoyable takeaway. So, um, you know, we'll just see what happens if, I don't know if they can stick the landing on this. I do think in a way, you know, bringing it back to like the kind of angled headline of uh, Fallout 5 being after like Elder Scrolls. I like that Fallout 5 is so far away. Um, but if I want to know what's going on, the crop, <laughs> that's where I look. Um, but I think that I like that because I feel like that gives more space for experimentation and learning to really try to before trying to really I don't want to say bring back the Fallout brand because now it gets destroyed. But, you know, 76 didn't hit for a lot of people. And I think they have. I think it's it's wise to be careful with returning to that franchise. See, where I come down is I like them talking about Fallout 5, I think is is humorous, but also like it's common sense, right? Like their next game is Elder Scrolls 6. Of course, they're going to come back to Fallout 5. Um, them t- them saying the words Fallout 5 and actually putting the announcement out there. In I the think year is, 2022. In the year 2022 is funny just because, you know, you're talking about Bethesda's his- history as a studio. You're talking about Fallout four coming out in 2015 fallout 76 coming out in 2018 and then uh starfield seemingly coming out in 2023 right in this article right uh todd howard talks about elder scrolls 6 being in pre-production i think we're looking forward to elder scrolls 6 coming out in what 2028 2029 you know it took seven years for starfield seemingly like we're that's what that's about what we're looking for for elder scrolls 6 which means that fallout 5 we're looking at what 2035 2036 will for that game i have beaten fallout 4 but i will be absolutely not you will have not beaten it by then i will be in my 40s by the time i play fallout 5 and here's the thing i don't think I'm, you're being how old are you now no I'm, you're younger I'm than 27 me. no you don't be your 40 you'll be like mid to late 13, 30s thir- no i will be in my f- 13 years talking- from now i, I yeah i could see yes. it being 13 years and blessing i don't think and you're I gonna be in your 40s, 40s. I will be yeah. in my forties. I, I, I no, Janet, I bet you right now a pizza bet in thirteen years when Blessing and I are what kind of 40. pizza? It's not from LA, is it? Because all our pizzas really. Bad. No, I mean, no, we'll get you something good. We'll get you something good. If okay. You here's bit, here's what I'll say though. Bet. Sure, I'm gonna say <laughs> Blessing's gonna be before. He's not forty when he's playing this game. I'm at, I'm in my forties. Sure. Yes, you're not in your forties. Okay. That's my. That's what I'm gonna say. You're not in your forties. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll shake my hand on that. Ten or right, thirteen years sure. from now. Uh, Twelve yeah. years from now. You're this way. We're, yeah, sh- we're shaking. Yes. Video, yes. Watch- video, video watchers can see it. Honestly, it was actually a pretty good handshake. Also, really quick, I want to um, call out JigZ32, the chat, to say- who said, to be fair, Janet doesn't finish most games. Maybe it's true that I don't finish most games compared to the percentage that I play, because I play, like, everything, at least a little bit. Still on um, but, in 20, but in 2020, I played, I beat 28 games. Last year, I beat 50 games. This year, I've beat 19 games. So, um, I don't Janet, know how many games I have you beat, I think Janet beats more games. Still on these hoes, Janet. 
<laughs> goes like, off go off janet I, you know uh, can i beat more we're gonna find out this year but i think 50 games is like kind of a fuck ton of games to be in a single year so let him know i wouldn't we'll say know. that i don't finish any games but we'll now, see if i finish starfield we'll see going back right i think by the time i play bethesda game studios fallout 5 i will be in my 40s i do not think it'll take that long for me to play another fallout game I think that I think there will be another Fallout game before Fallout Five. I just think another oh, studio will make it. Yeah, like that's, okay, that's interesting. What do you I think, think it, it would be though? Maybe Obsidian with Fallout New Vegas. Maybe another develop developer. That's also is, working on three games like right now as it is, right? Yeah, like, but apparently they got a billion people working there because they just churn out games like crazy. I don't see another Fallout game, but I feel like you've been kind of on a little bit of a hot streak with your fucking Queen's Gambit shit and stuff. So I'm kind of like. Well, I think you have to. I think because Fallout is such a strong IP, and I think as Bethesda and as Microsoft, you don't just sit and let a Fallout let the Fallout IP just hang around for 15 years. Like, there's a lot of money to be made with the Fallout IP. I think you give that to another studio, whether it is like mainline Fallout, because like I feel like a lot of people like there was an audience for Fallout 76, but like people are paying attention to the you know the three, four, and then five, right? Like Fallout Four came out in what 2015. 15. Yeah, and so like at that point, if we're guessing like at least thirteen years from now, that'll be twenty years. Yeah, no, and like that's, I, that's, my math's not right on that one. I, I mean, think. you're by the time we get there, no, it is. It your is. Math's probably Fuck you guys. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know math. <laughs> But, but uh, Barry said, fuck you guys if anybody <laughs> disagreed with him. But also, yeah, you disagreed <laughs> you with yourself. Get, you got to get ahead of it. I understand. <laughs> but no, like, I, I do think that that is a valuable IPA. You don't just sit on that. In the in the same way that Starfield, if Starfield comes out and it's a hit, right, and it's Bethesda's biggest game yet, you're telling me that Bethesda's, you're telling me that Starfield 2 is going to then wait until 2050 something? No, like, you know, I, I, I do think that you have to follow up on these things a bit quicker, and I do think that that'll end up being Bethesda giving that IP or, like, spreading out that IP in ways that make sense. I think you'll get side spinoffs of these games from other studios that are maybe com- comparable-sized RPGs, like open-world RPGs, or maybe maybe smaller takes on them. I don't think you just sit around, uh, sit on these RPGs and let them just hang out for a while because that is then, I, 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 after a while, you then start to lose, like, the potential of it right like fallout becomes less exciting 20 years from now when they've not made any fallout thing yeah sure that pregnant <laughs> <hell yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things where i'm like i'm i'm good but then like you like didn't do anything and i'm like i don't know if i, I don't i didn't want to hold it i don't want to hold it i thought we were doing i thought, it was it. It. I, I thought I, we were doing I, the pregnant pause i liked it i am never purposefully doing the pregnant pause I'm just pausing. I'm always purposely doing the pregnant pause. Well, now but, yeah. I know. I didn't know this about you. Now I know for the future. I apologize. Do you not listen to the? Do you wait? Every do you not listen to the PS Love Yous where me and Greg do the pregnant pauses and we're like, yeah, fucking got them. What the like two that I haven't been on? Which I, I heard the one with Taylor. Like, yeah, I've never heard you guys do it. I swear to God, you've been on one of those. Like, you've been part of the pregnant pause before. Maybe I have, but then I thought it was Greg's thing. You know, I thought I thought you were maybe just like caught up in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm trying to make it. Now I know. Now I know. Yeah, I apologize. Let's hop into story number two. Uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge uh, has the review embargo up. We got a review roundup for you. Right now on Metacritic, it is sitting at an 83. On OpenCritic, it is sitting at an 87. Uh, Mitchell Saltzman at IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge is exactly what it looks like. A lovingly crafted reimagining of the TMNT arcade beat-em-ups from one of the best beat-em-up developers in the business today. It's the perfect game to have in the library for when a group of, of friends come over and you want to play something 
something that's simple, fun, and can be comfortably finished in a single sitting. It does admittedly play it pretty safe with its level design, uh, and as a result, there is some tedium that creeps in towards the, the tail end of the campaign or a single sitting arcade mode run. But these shortcomings are, for the most, most part, smoothed over thanks to fun combat, a charming and nostalgic pixel aesthetic, and one of the best soundtracks of the year so far. And then Nicole Carpenter at Polygon uh, says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge absolutely rules. With Shredder's Revenge, developer Tribute Games has achieved exactly what a lot of nostalgia-based remakes have failed to do before. It plays just like my memory tells me those brawlers played in my childhood. And it's delightful. These are two modes, or sorry, there are two modes to bash your way through. The arcade mode uh, is the classic experience, limited lives, no saves. The story mode is more generous with lives uh, and lets you progress through the story on a pixelated top-down map, complete with side quests that reward points, which unlock new, new abilities for each character. Story progression and abilities are saved between play sessions, whereas each time you head into the arcade, you start over from square, square one. Mechanically, Shredder's Revenge is simple, but not without depth. Uh, you, can, you certainly can get by through button mashing. The main attack easily chains, chains with itself for big damage, for instance. But there are a variety of simple combinations that round out each character. This game is so mechanically satisfying, so endearingly fun, that I couldn't wait to hop back in uh, to familiar environments, which remind me so much of crouching around that TV as a kid all those years ago. Uh, Jan, do you have any excitement for a TMNT Shredder's Revenge? Um, yes and no. Like, I love beat-em-ups, so I'm definitely going to play this, um, and I'm looking forward to playing it, but the reason I don't say I necessarily have excitement for it is because, to me, it is a little bit of a known quantity, and, like, this is going to be, well, again, let's say, like, messed it up, like, a, a good slash great brawler that we, you know, I knew it was mm. that when it first came out, so it just wasn't that ever that exciting to me, like, seeing gameplay of it, I'm like, yep. It's, it's the turtles and <laughs> they're doing their thing like you know the like thing. yeah like um i was excited though when i you know for the presentation when they had the release date i'm like okay cool like you know now we'll know when we can get our hands on it but it's good to hear that you know people are into it i like the sound of the um additional like allowances for the story mode i think that's pretty cool um and i am salty that i didn't get this for my fantasy critic i, w I woke yeah. up today frantically looking who got these last games that came out because yep. i feel like i'm i'm starting to slip so um, that's stressing me out, but I'm excited to play this. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to play with my brother, so I feel like I have to wait to play it. We kind of have a lot on our plate still, mm -hmm. and he's leaving for his mini uh, moon soon. So, um, but yeah, we'll I'll see when I get around to this for that reason. Uh, relating uh, when you're talking about a fantasy critic, uh, relating to the next story, I know uh, blessing that you're bringing up. So like with updates, right? So mm -hmm. if we go up here. Um, with the standing, it's like Janet, you're still in first. You're, you still have mm -hmm. like a good, um, uh, good lead here with Paris, uh, who will be catching up with you uh, because he was the one who picked up uh, TMNT yeah. Shredder's Revenge. Um, so he will actually, I think, whenever he gets his points actually allotted to him, he's going to have forty eight points, uh, depending For on now. if like the well, like it'll drop dramatically, I think, over the days. I mean, do you, think, do, you think, do you think a bunch of more reviews are going to come out for this game in the, like, the next couple of days, Bless? I think enough will come out that it'll bring the open critic down to like an 83 or 82. Nah, I think, it's I think the lowest uh, it'll think, dip is 85. Yeah, same. Get absolute uh, we'll lowest, see. yeah. And then uh, Neon White, uh, Bless, you have, um, which I think, let's see here. Sitting pretty good. With a, I mean, right so now on, on Open Critic is it's, that's our next thing. That's eighty eight on yeah. Open Critic right now. So let me do which the will also drop. I um, imagine. Uh, plus 
what is that, 18 points. You guys are catching up. X-Cast as a team mm-hmm. is still uh, still ahead. Uh, again, assuming Here's- these points with uh, Neon White and uh, TMNT, they're at 116.5. And assuming you guys get the points uh, uh, right now for Neon White, you guys would be at 104. Here's the thing. Like, we got in the bag for a PS to love you, right? Like, the last scroll- of us remake? Scroll down to Janet's uh, squad. Because Janet games. has a lot of points. <laughs> But also a lot of Janet's games have released, right? So we're looking at, uh, is that Janet? Janet got yeah. Sifu first? Yep. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, you Janet did. has Sifu, right, yeah. which got her 10 points. She got Lego Skywalker Saga, which got her 12. Pokemon Legends, that got her 14. And then uh, Ali Ali World, which got her 16. She's, uh, she's also got Cult of the Lamb. She's got <clears> Cult, Cuphead, Cult of the Lamb in there. Um, and I think Mario's coming out. Yeah, I don't Mario think Mario's coming out. Mario's coming out. Nah, they question mark. Uh, oh, it's yeah. coming out. It's got a date. It's got a date. Like, you got a pretty good oh, squad there. Okay. Scroll up to mine real quick. Well, actually, it's no, actually, go back. Who's the second to last? No, Who's the second to last? Hold on. So we're, oh, yeah. we're looking at yours. We've got Elden Ring. So you got Elden Ring at 31 points, right? And then Kirby and the Forgotten Land brought me down by, like, what, 15 points, something like that. Yeah. You and so right now it. I'm at 16. I'm not, like, high up on the list. But uh, I have a lot of games that are about to come out. Like, that's the thing is I only have one game that is officially out versus other people who have more games. But you look at my list, right? I got Last is Part 1, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which, you know, who knows that com- if that's, that's coming out coming this out year. This but year. it might come out this year. Like, you have well, no idea, right? Saints Row. Because I think they're going to uh, lose some points on that, I feel like. I, I forget who Cowardpaste Saints Row. Somebody did. But then... We'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll look around. I'll look around. That was we'll, Mike, go back. Mike, uh, Mike. counterpicked uh, Saints Row. But then, yeah, you got Neon White. DNF Duel is going to come out and it's going to get a lot of points. And then Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is going to get a lot of points. That is the thing. Is I play the long game. A lot of people have been, has been expressing mm. like concern for me. And I'm like, guys, I've been saying this all year. Yeah, but I'm Gary's got three Gary's got straight. Oh, yeah. Which is like, Gary's Gary's gonna get a, he's he's going to get a strong 11 points. points. 11 points off straight. Don't worry. I'm going to walk through. Uh, I'm going to walk these old dads through on, like, how to actually log into this site so they can finally drop all the games. Gary, you guys stop playing sides, man. All right? Listen, you also you also help out. Again, with it doesn't matter who wins because I win either way. I produce both shows. I'm on I'm both not, teams, you know? Um, I feel like I feel like you shouldn't be helping yeah, them. I feel like uh, Paris you too much is, of the I help you guys, too. Uh, and like Paris has got all of these games are like uh, not like coming out. So um, I mean, hey, none of you are old cats who don't know how don't to log help. into this website and don't know how to drop these games that have been. Is who's that for a while. on? That's on them, Barrett. That's on them. Mike Do you be have a child? Them. Bless. Okay. Not yet. They're busy. You don't know that. <laughs> I don't know if I have a child. Uh, but going back, right? <laughs> That's TMNT. scary. Yeah, that is scary. TMNT is one that I'm excited for. Um, and I've been more excited about it as we've been working our way up to it. Um, you know, there was the Rayquan and Ghostface Killer song that dropped for it. And that alone had me like, fuck, now I got to play this game. Yeah. This game seems like it's going to be really awesome. And then uh, I've talked to Tim a little bit about it. And Tim is over the moon on it. Tim absolutely loves it. Um, the only thing is that right now, it is indie game season. Like I've been, I've been updating my blessing super fun game release calendar. <laughs> I need like a weather app that tells me what season it is based on blessings feelings of the industry. It will. Indie game season technically starts tomorrow, all right. But I'm getting ahead of it. Um, but yeah, if you look at the calendar, right, tomorrow you're getting uh, Neon White, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A little bit later in the month, you're getting Sonic Origins, which is an indie. But like you know, along with that, you're getting Capcom Fighting Collection, DNF Duel, and then Escape Academy coming June 28th, and then uh, and then a couple days later, Cuphead's Delicious Last Course. And then going into next month, you are getting Arcade Again, As As Dusk Falls, Stray, Live a Live, and then you get back to like the xenoblade chronicles of the world and stuff like that but like right now it is a busy time and i'm trying to play a lot more neon white because i'm absolutely adoring that game which i can get into right now right going into uh the neon white review roundup like like i mentioned before on metacritic is sitting at an 88 on open critic it is also sitting at an 88 i think more reviews will will 
start to pop as well as the day goes on and as days go on that might bring it down a little bit but it's sitting pretty pretty high up there uh i want to start off with oisin kunke at Eurogamer, who recommends it and says to describe neon white at its most basic it's a speed running fps where our protagonist the titular white is tasked with kill- killing all the demons plaguing heaven before judgment day but there's a strong dash of anime mixed in there too with some fun albeit simple visual novel elements to say that this game is fast is an understatement. Neon White is designed around you getting to the end of the level as fast as you can, giving you a variety of tools from level to level. These tools come in the form of soul cards, pickups that give you access to a range of firearms that can alter- alternatively be spent for one-off supernatural powers. Take the rifle, for example. Use it as a quick weapon, and you've got a long-range, pretty powerful gun that can take down most enemies in a couple of shots. Or you can spend it to do a speedy dash across a gap taking down any enemies along the way as you face through them but that does that does put you down a gun more than anything the combination of the effective level design and clever movement mechanics taught me something special the magic of speedrunning. i've dabbled in speedrunning in the past the only games i've completed full runs of are the seminal celeste and a personal favorite in kingdom hearts 2 but never taking it particularly seriously god does neon white let you feel the rush of it i think the moment that really solidified this as a game that i actually think i want to learn how to run came when i played its very first level not the first time i played it but once i returned to it after a good few hours into the game i wanted to know how fast i could beat it how high how high i could place and you know what at the time of writing i'm in the number one spot uh from there i want to hop into blake hester's review at game informer who gave it a 9.5 out of 10 and says it also helps that aesthetically neon white scratches specific and and neglected itches it's reminiscent of japanese action games that don't really exist anymore like killer 7 and el shaddai ascension of the meta of the metatron it recalls anime like trigun and cowboy bebop and music from now defunct bands like drop dead gorgeous uh and the blood brothers it's heavily yet a violent aesthetic is slick striking and full of attitude like the t-shirt section of a hot topic and the anime anime aisle of a sun coast video collided into each other hell yeah fuck yes <laughs> neon white achieves everything it sets out to do with remarkable success not only is it one of the most entertaining experiences i've played in years but it also speaks to a highly specific audience many just don't many just don't anymore it's for weirdos misfits and dorks neon white is one of the best games of the year and it'd be a colossal mistake to not check it out and then roger has been playing it he's uh, the reviewer for kind of funny he gave it a four out of five five calling it great uh bear are you able to oh you already have it up uh, go ahead and play that tiktok We have some technical and that's what he had here. to say uh give me <laughs> a second <laughs> i think maybe windows is outputting its sound to somewhere it shouldn't be so we're gonna look at that we're gonna go over here yes it is even though i said it last night to not do that um give me a second here we're even gonna Bear, take your time we're take gonna your refresh time, right? this page and then it's Listen, gonna you've be been doing all, a lot it's gonna be week. all better it's gonna be all better all right, we're going to look over at Roger in just a second, and it's going to be great, and he's going to be fantastic in this review, like right now. Neon White is great. Is. This is an FPS with a twist. It's built from the ground up for speedrunning. Get from one end of the level to the other using weapons, abilities, and your wits to muster the best time possible. But Neon White staggers its gameplay mechanics brilliantly as it slowly layers on new enemies and weapons, and it all culminates in levels that can only be described as controlled chaos. And it's absolutely 
absolutely exhilarating. While the gameplay is the star, the story is a good framework for the action. To be honest, the story wasn't my cup of tea, but I can see a lot of people really digging it. But generally speaking, this game is overflowing with style. Just look at this HUD. This is so unnecessary, but I love it. If you're remotely into games like Ghost Runner, Hotline Miami, or Katana Zero, you're going to love this game. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, buy it, because Neon White is great. This is an FPS. Hell yeah. Yeah, and so I, very good, very good loop. Uh, and yeah, I've been playing Neon White as well. I didn't get to play as much of it, which is why I didn't re uh, uh, review it because I've been gone in LA. But like while I've been in LA, I've been using this big, beautiful beast called the Steam Deck uh, to play Neon White in my hotel room God, when I've had I the time. Stop it, bless. I'm, I'm sick of this hearing big, about this fucking beautiful, Steam deck. sleek, very heavy to hold <laughs> Steam Deck. Um, and I've been having such a blast with it, right? Like the the first person action <laughs> elements have been exactly what I've wanted it to be. Right now, Baird's pulled up a really good meme that the kind of funny account tweeted yesterday of Greg Miller. With the Steam Deck is like one of them capture deals. Um, is this like a is this a meme that's been popular? Because this is the first it's time. A, it's it. a, like a, it's an AI algorithm thing that like if you give it any prompt, it'll just make images for you with that prompt. So these are the horrifying oh, so images funny. that uh, it made with uh, given the prompt. Greg Miller with the Steam Deck. But yeah, like the first person segments of the game are exactly what I wanted to be, right? Like uh, Roger references Ghost Runner and Hotline Miami. And it is that kind of game, which more and more is starting to become one of my favorite genres of game. Like, give me just, a, give me the quick levels where I'm going in, one hit kills or whatever. Uh, you know, this isn't one hit kills, but it's very fast paced in terms of it is kinetic. You're trying to get to the end of the level as fast as you can. And the game just keeps going, right? And the fun of the game is coming back and saying how quickly you can complete these levels. The quicker you complete the levels, the higher the score you get. And you're trying to get the highest metal um and yeah dude it is it is it is everything that you've heard from these reviews in terms of stylistically what it's doing right just looking at it it reminds me the comparison i've been making uh has been paradise killer in terms of visuals which again which is a game that i really love loved visually where the characters are like these demonic cartoony anime style um uh characters that you know like exist in these environments that are just really vibrant to look at right it's like a lot of colors a lot of like light colors a lot of like really cool architecture um and yeah like out of Jan janet is this one that you've been keeping an eye on like are you oh interested, yeah interested in neon white yeah yeah i've been following this since like i first heard about it which has to have been like at least one year ago maybe more um it's so interesting coming from a you know ben esposito um alongside um what's the other device? angel matrix because ben esposito's other game was donut county which is a very different game which i love like i think it's really rad that um you know his body of work is that stark and in contrast but yeah because of that i'm like yeah this looks i'm i'm interested in this because i enjoyed that game even though they are highly different games and i loved the shtick of this like the idea of even though it's it does it's funny because it sounds like something that i may wouldn't be into because it's like gunplay and cards and i historically haven't always loved both of those elements um but they can work for me and i i also like the style of this as well so yeah i've been looking forward to this for a really long time uh, this is definitely one that I would play kind of regardless of what people were saying about it because I'd been waiting for it for so long that I really want to see how I'm going to feel about it. But it is just gravy that people seem to really love it. And I think it's really cool that it seems like the industry at large was also very much paying attention to this. Like the fact that it's gotten um, some mainstream coverage um, at Embargo is really cool because that doesn't happen all the time for indie games like i was excited for neon white for a long time but that doesn't mean that you're gonna see you know a lot of times you don't always see a lot of reviews pop for um a game like this but i think it's been you know marketed really well i feel like it has a cool pitch you know it has like the 
recognition of uh, Esposito having done like That's other is, other projects I think, and stuff. I think it has that good combination of being shown off really well. Like it's been at, been at uh, Nintendo indie stuff, and I think other showcases in the past. Uh, and then yeah, you have the pedigree of of Ben, who's worked on uh, Donut County, and this being such a left turn from what he's done before. It seems like Ben, as a developer, has a lot of versatility in terms of the ideas that come to mind, the, the stuff that he wants wants to tackle. And this game is only like half. Uh, uh, like first person, uh, quick platforming levels. The other half is literally visual novel and uh, dating other characters. It's that kind of game, which I was not expecting. I was I was expecting for it to be fully all right. Get into the levels, go through, do the car combat, all the stuff, have fun. And once you get into the story bits, that's the stuff that I think uh, has pulled me in the least. But it's stuff that still I, I have fun with it. You know, like it's not a story that seems like it's going for too much in terms of you know have like in in, in terms of like characters having a. a lot of depth and like the story going like really crazy places i've not gotten any of that stuff out of it yet but it is pretty quirky in terms of like the the fun visual novel uh flirty stuff that's going on between characters it is very like boyfriend dungeon like that type of dating sim uh in that essence but it takes place in a really cool really cool environment really cool setting because you're literally in hell uh so you're talking to other characters that you've had a past with but you can't really remember the past it's really interesting i also love people's takes on hell and this is one that is definitely like looks different than what you normally see um so yeah like i'm very down for this game i'm i'm saving it for a stream on friday when i do like my best of 2022 watch i'll probably do this maybe i'll toss tmnt in there even though i don't think i have anyone to play with for that so it'll just be me poorly punching things but you know those are probably like the two that i focus on um and yeah i'm excited i'm a little a little bit nervous because i have it on switch which isn't the most powerful place to have anything but i, I think people have said that it's and that it runs well on there yeah so. game informers review they said that they played it on switch and they gave it a 9.5 and will have the, mo <clears throat> the most glowing things to say about it so That's it seems like on switch It'll be it'll, it'll be pretty good, yeah. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to the car combat portion of it because that was the thing that had me the most nervous. Yet the mo like yet almost had me also had me excited. Like seeing the trailer when they introduced that stuff, I was like, oh, this looks weird, but I'm kind of digging it. But car combat it usually doesn't get me in. Playing it in the game, they simplify it so much, and I think the system is so smart because, like they said in in one of the reviews, um, you are finding cards in the level, and you you are, you equip a max of two cards at a time. You can't have any more than two. And the way it goes, right, is like you pick up card, any card is like a weapon. So you might pick up an SMG or you pick up a pistol. And if you pick up the pistol, that is the elevate pistol. And so if you discard the pistol, you then do a jump, right? Or if you get the SMG, you might do like a dash called Godspeed or whatever. And most of the time you're doing those abilities as opposed to like looking around shooting. Um, and the ways that the orders in which they give you the card, they're giving, they're giving you the cards in a specific way that like they know how they want the level to be played. And as the player, you're going to understand pretty quickly how they want you to play the level. And so it is, I'm going to run into Godspeed. As soon as I see enemy, click RB to to, to use it. That enemy, the killing that enemy is going to give me an elevate card. That is then going to take me to the next thing. Like there's a specific flow, like a puzzle that you're trying to fi figure out with each level that is pretty easy to grasp that I've been having a lot of fun with. A lot of it is just the execution of it um, that you're mm -hmm. trying to figure out as a player. And it's been such a blast playing it. And so it's, Neon White is easily one that I highly recommend. And I'm looking forward to like talking to more to Roger, talking to you, talking to Andy Cortez, because I'm sure this might be an Andy Cortez joint too. Uh, more about it. For now, though, before we get into the next news story, uh, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by shopify shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone so upstarts startups established businesses content creators alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed i love how shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe our content creator friends use shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's shopify.com slash kfgames for a free 14-day trial. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Story number four, Stalker 2 is now coming in 2023, and the devs have released a vlog talking about what it's like working out of Ukraine. This is from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Uh, and Barrett, I also have the video linked in the I, doc if you want to bring it up in the background. You don't need to because it... I'd I, rather not. I, I, okay. What I'm going to do, uh, chat, is I'll put the link into the uh, chat, and I'll also put it into the description. Like, they Perfect. even warn at the very top, like, hey, there's going to be some disturbing stuff in here. Um, just kind of detailing, of like, being very realistic of, like, what it's like to be a game developer in ukraine right it is now. a it is a video i would recommend everybody check out though like it is a I, I for me it was one that i checked out this morning and i legit teared up while watching it it's like it's really real uh and really useful to understand what it's like right now in ukraine especially trying to do your normal job and live a normal life uh while being in ukraine like it's a very valuable video uh, but to hop into Michael's article at Polygon, developer GSC Gameworld offered an update on Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, during Microsoft's, ex ex Microsoft's Xbox Extended Game Showcase on Tuesday, confirming that the horror simulation FPS is now expected sometime in 2023. Stalker 2 was previously slated for release in December 2022, but the ongoing war in Ukraine has impacted the game's development. As noted, it, as noted in a new development diary from GSC Gameworld, some of the studio's employees have decided to take up arms and defend their country, while a portion of Stalker 2's development continues in Kiev. Others are working at a recently established office in Prague, quote, where much of the game's development will take place, end quote. 
That dev diary shows the destruction of Kiev near GSC Game World's offices. Developers who are for forced to work in cramped and potentially dangerous condi conditions, and those who are fighting Russian forces as part of the armed forces of Ukraine. Again, it's a video I recommend everybody go check out, but also, like, you know, Stalker, in terms of Stalker 2 being delayed, good. Also, I don't even feel like that game needs to come out in 2023. That's the game where I'm like, dude, bring it out in 2028. Take your time with it. That's like the least important thing right now going on for y'all over there at GS GSC Game World. Yeah, but I think, you know, I, I mentioned all the time, like, it's really important to have an awareness of the ways that games don't exist in a vacuum and very much are affected by things happening in the real world, whether they're, you know, rights issues or in this case, you know, like war and bombings and yeah that the the dev diary is i think also just a very real look at what that experience is like um and yeah it's been really rough for any studios coming out of the ukraine and it's been interesting reading getting to read their stories and i'm glad that they're doing stuff like having like vlogs like this and that people are picking up those stories or like writing about those angles because um it's a unique circumstance um you know hopefully this kind of thing doesn't become more commonplace but yeah it's a it's a very real issue and and definitely affecting um development so yeah um personally i actually am looking forward to stalker 2 um that that's a game that i just i feel like when i even though again order like don't reference me on the order in which things came out but as someone that liked metro exodus seeing stalker 2 i'm like i feel like that might scratch that itch for me so i definitely am excited to you know get my hands on it when they are able to put it out um but yeah you know I'm, I'm glad they're staying safe and um doing what it takes to get this game made while also being aware that part of that does involve you know delaying it so i think that's important as well um but yeah you know looking forward to when they're able to get it out and um it was really cool for them to even i think also have that transparency and that vulnerability to put together something like that um, is really powerful. And I'm, and I'm glad they like put it out there into the world for people to see and, and talk about. 100%. Story number five, we got a new Gran Turismo, we got new Gran Turismo uh, movie details. This comes from Justin Kroll and Patrick Hypes at Deadline. Sony has set an August 11th, 2023 release date for Gran Turismo, the video game adaptation from director Neil Blomkamp and Columbia Pictures. Jason Hall wrote the screenplay, and PlayStation Productions' Assad Kizilbash and Carter Swan serve as producers alongside Doug Belgrad and Dana Brunetti. Here is the updated logline. Based on a true story, the film is the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. Janet, is, are you excited for this Gran Turismo movie? Does that plotline no. do it for you? No, I'm not excited for the movie. Um, I don't like I in general, you know, game movies, I'm still very apprehensive about. Um, but I did just get uh, AMC A-list again. So I, I might oh. just fuck around and watch anything. You know, it doesn't cost me nothing. I'm already paying for it. Um, so I don't know. I could see a world where I see this, especially because uh, my brother is really big into um, like the racing scene. Like he watches like. I don't I don't even know what he watches, but he like watches like competitive racing and stuff and he like loves driving games. So I could see a world where I end up seeing this. Like, why not? Like, let's just check it out. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that it's based on a true story, like there could be some, you know, intrigue there, I think. I, I don't know. I guess I'm actually now I'm looking at it more like I think. Yeah, I think this could be cool. I mean, I think I've seen stuff that has that sort of angle be interesting and successful so yeah i mean 
it doesn't it sound fine, like ridiculous right? or anything like that. That's the like, thing is like I read I read through the plot line. I'm like, all right, that sounds like a movie. That sounds like something that could work in theaters. It's not something that excites me necessarily, but I'm not mad at it at all. I wonder too, I guess my big question with this, because when I first like was slowly getting the details on it, I was like, like at, at first I was like, oh, that sounds weird. Then I'm like, oh, well, it's based on a true story. So I don't think it'll be like that crazy, even though, hey, like truth is stranger than fiction, I guess. So maybe it will get that crazy. But I'm curious as to how much they're going to lean into the like beating over your head that like it's Gran Turismo, the video game that kind of, you know, um created or like led into this professional career that was developed by this player um who like then became a professional driver just because i'm like i'm curious as to how much will them wanting to remind you that like hey gran turismo is a video game that's cool that you should buy may impede the storytelling of the actual like true story you know what i mean like it's gonna be more of a oh yeah like this could have if i didn't know gran turismo the game i would just see this as an as an interesting movie of a of someone playing a game and then becoming you would hope a professional so. driver you know or is it like how much is that gonna influence the way they tell the story and will that make for a worse story being told i guess is my only kind of concern hearing this pitch um but the general mm -hmm. idea like the general story sounds intriguing like i like um, adaptations of real life stuff sort of dramatized i think that can be really cool sometimes but i don't know that this will you know land give me a give me a good actor playing the main role and i think you got me right like give me a give me a tom holland <laughs> just put tom holland in another, another one of these things okay. put him in all the all sony right. movies oh. also i did um, i like how you tom like, holland, and i don't want to like i don't want to like you, what you got against tom holland Barrett? i have nothing against tom holland he's my favorite exactly. spider-man but like i like like the way you presented like give me a really good actor like he's like an oscar fucking nominated actor or something no plus. i don't that's not what i meant i just meant give me a good actor that i care about i like tom holland and shit you know, him playing a kid know, that's he, like, you know, people are coming really in the chat. When he, when he says, I don't feel so good, you telling me that didn't hit for you? Oh, that was off the word. Okay, was but here's acting. the thing. Here's the thing. I don't see Tom Holland as like a gamer, you know, like, because this has got to be like a gamer looking kid. <sighs> that's literally the description yeah. of the fucking game. Based on a true oh. story, the film is the ultimate wish fulfillment tale. What are you trying to say about gamers? Grand what does the gamer player look like? Gaming skills. Gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. Yeah. Don't sit, don't Barry, don't sit here and act as a nerdy fucking gamer. Don't sit here and act like we don't have friends that are gamers that are hot. Like, we got fucking Rahul Kohli as like the, one mean, of the yeah, hottest people in the world. Like, like, I get it. I get yeah, it. But when you invoke the Barrett word wants Michael gamer, to be the I'm thinking of someone who does not look like Tom Holland. All right. Give he's me a the race kid who played Riddler. You know, like here's the thing. Actually, he plays games in real life too. I mean, can we find a lot? Can we find who this story is based off of and find their picture? Because I bet you they're hot. They're a race car driver. Right? Aren't race car drivers usually hot? I'm not gonna say that they're necessarily hot, but I think I think I get like. When I think of the gamers, I know they all look different, except for the one thing I will say is when you're like in media, some of y'all, they might, you know, the style and the dress might be kind of the same. Okay, but like, I don't think it, I don't, I go, uh, bless, you're, here's an update you for you. I'm scared. Here's an update for you because like definitely Tom Holland should not be cast as this. Uh, I get it. It's based off of, but like if they want to be a little more is this like gonna, Are you about to pull up a black man? Yes. <laughs> Uh, cast me <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. get me in there let me do it i'm down i'm down to play this role anything like i i get i get kind of what you i get that there's a picture also in also, mind also that was a good looking public. man by the way i know i know i hate my words on that too but yeah
<laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, that was such, yeah, like not. not people are chatter saying Justice at Smith at the end of this podcast. People are saying Justice I, Smith. I, I, I think like Justice Smith would knock that out. Be fun. That'd be fun. That's what I'm saying. Is like if the only thing missing from the marketing so far of this movie is like, and he's played by Justice like that. I think that'll be the thing that that, that starts to convince people about this movie. Yeah. yeah now they're, that they're, I hear played by Justice Smith from the hit movies Jurassic World Dominion, from the hit movie Detective Pikachu. All right, and the, the hit game that, The Quarry. Um, the fact that yeah, like I said, the fact that it's based on a true story, I think, makes me more down for it because that, that could be an interesting story to hear. And then um, the other thing too is like I do think that this can happen to people too not maybe not literally to to the professional pipeline because that's a very high level of execution but i feel like you know i've definitely had stuff that i've done in a game that i want to do in real life that i did then do or vice versa like i roller skate in real life and now i like i'm very interested in trying to roller skate more in games like my brother like i said he does a lot of drive i mean he drives like as a regular but normal citizen but he likes driving games a lot and i could totally see him eventually doing I mean, like think about how many people you know, play mario maker or play dreams and then get into game development via that or like a little big planet that that type of thing i know that's more like a direct analog because also it's all i did games, um, but for part of the like i had like a pre like best man hang out because i was my brother's best man for his wedding and i took him to um i think it's called like f1 speedway or something um it's like over here and either like like Glendale or Burbank or something. There's a couple locations. There's a, like a location, I think, in Burbank um, in the L.A. area. And we like did the little racing with like the little cars. Um, that shit was terrifying also to do. It was very stressful, but it was very fun. Um, so I don't know. That's just my shot to like racing because I watched like uh, what is it? I fucking watched Ford versus Ferrari once. And I was like, no, it's not go karting. It's different because you're not supposed to be bumming into people. It's like a, but it's, it's like a little hmm. cart. Yeah, but it's not like as I don't know, combative. Um, but yeah, well, maybe it's go karting. I guess it would count as go karting. Yeah, I don't karts. think you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. A, a it's not bum- it's not bumper karting. carts. Yeah, uh, I, it's not it's not bumper cars. Is what I meant to say. But yeah, go karting. It's a little go kart. It's fun. Anyway, this will this might be cool. I'll, I'll probably go be watch because cool. I have a list. Fuck it. Yeah, here's the thing. Some people in chat are like, "Why? Well, why don't you cast a new actor?" Right? I I mean, I'd be fine with that. I think that would be less exciting. You know, I like I love seeing new actors get roles, but I I and I want. Like I think I think there's got to be something to, to sell people, people into this film. to sell people on a, a, a movie on a Gran like, Turismo movie. Yeah, you got to get like, a I don't name think, in there. You know. Yeah, a Gran Turismo movie I don't think sells itself. Whereas a Gran Turismo movie starring X Y Z person mm. I think starts to sell itself and give that a dope ass trailer. Then I think you got you got a movie. It's like a, the, um, the entire cast for the uh, why am I blanking on it? Uh, that the TV, no, the TV show that you're really excited about that can't fail. High School Musical, um, the musical, the series? No, with Sweet Tooth. Oh, Twisted Metal. Twisted yeah, Metal. Twisted Metal. You know, you got like that that cast right there. That's selling that show right there. Yeah. That's my thing is I think new actor, like, actually, High School Musical, the musical, the series is a good example of a show that I think the, the title of the show does sell itself. And then you get in there and it's like, wow, look at all these awesome actors. Olivia Rodrigo is a star now. Like, a lot of those folks are stars now because of that show. Like, that's when you get new actors in. I think Grand Turismo thing, angle- I don't know. I think if anything, this angle works because, like, well, again, it depends on how they're going to couch it because they, I'm sure they want people to know, like, Gran Turismo, the video game, it's real, you should buy it, you know? Um, but people who don't know Gran Turismo, the game, you don't need to know the game to, like, know the movie because the movie's based on a real-life thing about, like, someone playing a game and then becoming a professional driver. Like, you don't need to care about the the driving in Gran Turismo to find that it'd be an entertaining story while, like... In Uncharted, that can still apply as well, but like, it is it is literally trying to replicate elements of that game in the thing. Like, this isn't necessarily going to be, re- it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's more mm. about like the real life like progression. So I think if anything, like this, 
is probably one of the. I, this is a better idea than I thought that they would get. They were gonna have one hundred percent having Gran Turismo movie. Like, this sounds cool. When they said like, Gran Turismo movie, I'm I was not like, down right. for this movie. I'm right I'll there with you. I'll see you in theaters next to the Batman statue. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's round out the Roper Report story number six. Ten years later, Lollipop Chainsaw seems to be making a return. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Lollipop Chainsaw is seemingly making a return following an announcement on Twitter from the game's executive producer. As spotted by Silicon Era, Yoshimi Yasuda said simply, quote, Lollipop Chainsaw uh, is back from or is back by Dragami Games. Please look forward to it. Uh, end quote. The veteran developer was previously CEO of Katokawa Games, who published the original in 2012, but left to start Dragami Games in May 2022. Yasuda didn't share further details on the nature of the game, whether it's a sequel, remake, remaster, reimagining, or anything else, but it would be the first chance for players to try the franchise in in more than a decade. The original doesn't exist outside of the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 hardware, as it lacks a PC version and isn't available through any form of backwards compatibility. Lollipop Chainsaw is a hack-and-slash action game in which high school cheerleader Juliet Starling must fight through hordes of zombies using the game's titular chainsaw and with her boyfriend's severed, still-living head attached to her belt. They did it way before God of War. The game was a collaboration between No More Heroes, Suda51, that's right, I said it, and James Gunn, who'd go on, go on to direct Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. And here's the thing. I'm a big fan of Suda51. I never got around to playing Lollipop Chainsaw. And I know a lot of people say Lollipop Chainsaw is bad, and I believe them, but I still want to play this game. And so if they bring it to modern platforms, I will be playing some Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hit this up. It's a little uh, weird for... A lot of reasons, I think. There's a lot of style, really specific camera angles here. And they're like, oh, this this high school cheerleader. I'm like, this woman is like 25 years old, clearly, in the way she's animated and drawn. But um, yeah, I mean, like, why not? You know? Why not? Yeah, especially sure. for a game that's sure. especially for a game that's not gotten backwards compatibility. That's been my that's my biggest thing with it, right? It's one of those ones that hasn't uh, given people an option to go back to, right, over the years. And I just want the option because I think by now I probably would have played Lollipop Chainsaw if it was on any modern platform. But I'm not gonna bust out a PS3 or borrow somebody's 360 so I can go back and play it. Like I'm not that antsy to play it. But you know, if I happen to get a remastered version or some kind of updated version where it does run a bit smoother. Um, why not? Like, it's James Gunn and Suda51. That's cool. Even if the game's like, what, uh, IGN 5 out of 10? Oh, that still sounds like a fun thing I to mean, jump into. I mean, Hack is interesting because you don't need a lot there necessarily for it to be enjoyable if you like that genre as well, which is why I think I'd be down to, like, give it a, give it a whirl. Janet, I'm very excited to see when Lollipop Chainsaw actually comes out for PS5 and Xbox Series X, maybe the Switch. But that release is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Dadish, Dadish three for PS4. It's a radish who is a dad. Are you serious? Yes. That is awesome. I have like both the games on Switch. I've only played like a few minutes of them. Like it's like... It's part of my lo- my low to high, like my impulse e- e-shop spending. I'm very familiar with Dadish. So <laughs> I didn't know you were a big, a big Dadish fan. Uh, Dadish 3 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Later Daters Premium for Switch. Ali Ali World, Void Riders DLC for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch and PC. Thunder Kid 2, Null Mission for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Switch. Uh, Ye Old Cribbage Club, a later Daters game for Switch, which I guess is different from later Daters Premium. Uh, Nemesis Distress for pc 
and then fire and maneuver for pc uh that's it for out today we got a deal of the day uh this is more so a psa for me check out steam next fest uh steam next fest is a week-long celebration featuring hundreds of free playable demos as well as developer live streams uh and chats presented by steam if you go to steam right now they have a whole page dedicated to next fest and there are so many demos last night i decided to check out quite a few of those demos and let me tell you some of these are awesome like i started playing uh, this game uh called agent 64 which is basically just a golden eye 64 or perfect dark um successor type game and it plays exactly like those games and it's a really fun time there's also a game called um uh oh fuck what was it called it was like a rhythm game that i posted on twitter you can check out my, my twitter because i tweeted about quite a few of them metal hell singer not metal hell singer it started with an m melatonin melatonin uh, is a really cool rhythm game uh really cool art style art style reminds me of like adult swim type shit but it's like a oh. rhythm he- heaven type game where it's like random ass random ass levels for like different songs we are literally clicking one or three one or one to three buttons to try to do th- do the things on beat really fun really cool uh, and there's a whole lot of demos for you to check out there so go check out steam next fest now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong that's where you go right in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe globe globe, globe. it looks like SCB writes in and says there's breaking news. This is via Tom Henderson, who says the PS5 Pro controller is in development. It's a, it seems like a report. I'm gonna, we're going to put it in that take with a grain of salt area, but I can believe it. That sounds really cool. But take that with a grain of salt. And that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for the show are Greg and Russ Frushtick. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Andy hanging out in the Saints Row character creator. If you want to cast that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.